Uh, aloha and welcome to Mission Church. If you're a guest with us, welcome. If you're someone who worships here regularly, you know that we are in a sermon series called Authentic. And over the past two weeks, I've been preaching on what it means to be an authentic church and what authentic worship is. And it's been a joy for me to, to preach this message. I appreciate the feedback that I've received from some of you. And um, last week, I was in the foyer out here, and, and a member of the church came up to me, and he had a smile on his face, thankfully. And he said this to me. He said, Pastor, I don't appreciate how your sermons speak to me. And he smiled. I don't know if it was a smile or a grimace, but uh, <laughs> I think it was a smile. And I want you to know that before I preach a message... I want it to speak to me first. And uh, today's sermon is no different. Um, today, my sermon, if you have your, uh, your bulletins, is called Authentic Conversations. And that's what we want to talk about today. And uh, this sermon actually kind of came to me um, uh, a while back um, when I first got started here. Um, Doug and, and Chandra, I know, I know I saw you guys here earlier, that you guys came to uh, my office and they wanted to talk to me. And we had a wonderful conversation. And uh, after the conversation was done, Chandra, she asked me, she said, Pastor Gordon, have you ever um, heard of this book called uh, Charitable Discourse by Dan Boone? And I said, I've heard of it, but I've not read it before. And Chandra was so, um, such a blessing to me. She said, I'm going to get you the book. And she, she bought the book and sent it to me via Amazon. So Chandra, I read this book. Thank you so much because what I've re- read from this book um, has helped me to write today's sermon. And you set a beautiful precedence, Chandra. So t- going forward now, if you want to meet with the pastor, it's going to cost you a book. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. But I am. <laughs> but uh, I was blessed to, to receive that wonderful gift. And, um, and, and this book, A Charitable Discourse, is, is a great read. It's got a bold message And it deals with a lot of the challenging issues that the church faces. And uh, Dr. Boone does a great job of writing it. But this book isn't necessarily about those issues that are raised in the book. The issue or or, or the main theme of the book or the, the, the purpose of this book is more about how we approach the subjects as Christians. Right? How, how we speak about the things that, that we're all struggling with in the body of Christ. How we have a charitable discourse with brothers and sisters in Christ. The people that we know and we actually care about. People who are part of this church that we love. People who value intergenerational ministries while also understanding that different generations have different values. And when we all come together, right, we are part of this beautiful church, but we kind of think and see things differently. How do we live together? How do we serve together? How do we worship together? And, and, and knowing that we can have authentic conversations, and it's so much easier to do with people who agree 100% with everything that we agree with. <laughs> Amen? That's true, right? It's so easy to talk to people like that, but sitting very close to you, maybe a few rows in front of you, a few rows behind you, maybe um, in, in the aisle next door is someone that doesn't see some things completely the same as you. 
and uh, a charitable discourse, this book, helps us to understand how we speak to one another with authentic conversations. And it also, I appreciate about the book, talked about the consequences of when we don't have authentic conversations. When we try to avoid these issues, we don't talk about it and the problems that arise as a result of it. So it's important that we do have these conversations that are authentic with one another. And I want, last week I said that I wanted you to write something down. And if you didn't get this, then the whole message wouldn't make any sense. And if you remember, last week I said that uh, worship is a sacred endeavor. And, and I told you about the story of, of how my life was changed and, and how uh, when I went to the church in Cali, Colombia, people streamed into the front row. Now, I was looking last week and I didn't see anybody on the front row, but I see some people today and I applaud you. Thank you for taking to heart today's sermon, or last week's sermon, and, uh, and people are sitting much closer. Um, praise the Lord. This is good. As a pastor, I'm, I'm thrilled and excited. Um, so today, I want you to write something down as well, too, because this is at the heart of, the heart of my message. Um, I want you to know that I, I want to have authentic conversations with you. But what I think is just as important is that you learn to or or you you have authentic conversations with one another as well, too, because authentic conversations are the foundation for great relationships. That's what I want you to write down. Authentic conversations are the foundation for great relationships. If you have a great relationship with someone, that's probably because... You have a great time speaking with them and you have authentic conversations going on. The people that you don't have great relationships with, you don't talk to. <laughs> and, and thus, your, con- your, your relationship suffers. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? And so today, is, as we move forward, we're going to talk about um, how we have these authentic conversations with people. But before we do that, I want to in- re-invite up Chuck Chuck again, Chuck Downing. We had breakfast this week, and you know what Chuck did? He gave me a book. <laughs> uh, this is great. And um, Chuck was a part of our What's Next task force to help us in moving forward coming out of COVID and how we regather and build community, have authentic conversations and build our relationships with one another. And I just want to have Chuck, would you share with me some of the things we talked about? One of the uh, definitions of camel that I've heard is a horse put together by a committee. And um, this committee that, I've been on committees like that, and I'm sure you have, but the one that, we, that I was on here was um, a very, very well organized, and the conversations that we had were directed and listened to. And so what is happening now, including today's time of meeting, is all part of a plan. Um, what we're trying to do is, at the end of the service, we would really like to have people kind of hang out for a little bit and hang out with other people that maybe you don't know. I mean, that's, it's probably pretty easy to do that with, with masks on. Just kind of wander up, and even if you know them, you may not know them because they may not know you. So, <clears throat> but anyway, try to meet, you know, hang around. Don't just sprint out of here. And if nothing else, um, 
just talk. Just spend some time talking to people. One of the authentic conversational ideas is to just start talking and listen to each other. And so that's one of the things that we can accomplish by intentionally sticking around for a little while. Maybe during that time you ask somebody to go out to lunch with you. Okay? Hint, hint. I mean, uh, excuse me. Uh, that, that wasn't supposed to, That's not in the notes. <clears throat> I beg your pardon. That was an ad lib. Um, but however you, however you choose to start an authentic conversation, let me just give you a little bit of a background of where I'm coming from in terms of the idea of greeting and talking to people. Um, my mom and dad were the greeters at Spring Valley Church of the Nazarene for about 40 years. It was a small church, had a huge foyer, made, makes this foyer look like a baby. But it was big. But there was only one door that you could get in. And my mom and dad, they, they were there every single Sunday. And my mom was, my dad looked kind of like me except meaner. And um, he was a 20-year Navy veteran, senior chief, no guff, heavyweight champion of the Asiatic fleet, you know, and so, but he was, he had a big heart, and together, they, they greeted people, and by the time they went to sit down, I'm sure they thought they'd known my mom for at least four or five years, and if, when you walked out, if it looked like you weren't going anywhere, the chances are you'd end up at my mom and dad's house for lunch because that's just the way she did things. And what, what I know to people today who still are in contact with our family because my mom invited them to our house for dinner, students from Point Loma Nazarene College when they moved down here, some of our longtime friends now, and I guess ultimately, we can all be part of this process of enculturation that we're all one, but we need to listen. And so I'm anxious to hear what else he's going to say about the authentic conversations, because I think that's the key, the ultimately the key to the success of outreach everywhere in this church. Appreciate it. Let's give him a big hand. And so as I came into church today, as I, as I spoke to a few people, I heard some things like, hey, pastor, I'm not sure about this 1030 start time. <laughs> and I get it. And I, and I totally understand. Because it, it is, you know, an hour later than our 930. And I, I'd rather have some service at 932 because we can get out and, and play around the golf after church. Amen, anybody? <laughs> but... The, the committee and our board decided, Pastor, if we meet at 1030 for church and we all get done together, when we're walking out, that's great opportunity for us to look aside and see someone that may be by themselves or someone we never met before and say, hey, uh, my name is Gordon and I don't think we've ever met. Would you, love, would you want to come and join me and my wife for lunch today? And that's the whole, the whole emphasis that of why we decided to do church at 10:30 was so that we could all find opportunities to meet with people 
and have authentic conversations with one another. In fact, today we were going to have an event right after church and, and it was my idea to call it lip service. And I know some people said, "That's a what, what is this lip service? And it was an acronym, lunch in the park after service, right? So that was lip service. I thought it was a great name. Anyway, we were going to do it, but it rained all night this, well, all night last night and this morning, and the ground's gonna be wet, and it's gonna be soggy, so it's not gonna be nice to meet there. So, we're gonna cancel today's one, but we're gonna have it in two weeks, again, when it's beautiful weather. But that doesn't stop us from the opportunity we have to invite people to grab a bite and get to know them after church. Amen? Amen. So, would you do that today? Um, since in lieu of, of going to the park, Find someone to go grab a bite with today and enjoy a great time together. So today, I want to get into the Word of God. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to uh, join me. Please turn to James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And it's a passage of Scripture that I believe is a great foundation for us to begin talking about having authentic conversations. The kind of conversations that build great relationships. Because that's what authentic conversations do. And so, hear the word of the Lord today in James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So, put the first finger up. Put put your index finger up. Say, Uh, Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. That's what we're going to talk about today, right? So point number one is about listening, okay? I understand that. Be quick to listen. It says it right there. But the verb of how we should listen is noteworthy. It says, right, be quick to listen. Now, I want to make sure that you all understand what we're talking about here. And it doesn't mean to listen quickly. Alright? I don't even know what listening quickly means except, hey, can you talk a little bit faster because I want to listen quicker. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. But if you thought that, that's not it. It's not listening quickly. It's being quick to listen. And, And I begin to think about quick, being quick, fast things. We all want things to be faster. Pastor, this church service should be faster. (laughs) My brother would tell me that in Hawaii. You know, the service takes too long. But but everything we we value are are things that are fast, right? Our food, fast food. That's not fast enough. Well, we'll put a drive-through to make it even faster. And and we have microwaves that cook minute rice and, and instant potatoes. Everything is geared to be fast. We like fast cars. We like fast computers. Does anybody in this church, raise your hand high if you do, does anybody still have a phone-based modem that we used to use years ago? I hear some chuckles, but nobody raising their hands, right? You remember that, that modem that when you clicked on the internet, you could actually hear what the internet sounded like? It scares me sometimes. I'm like, what is going on in there? Nobody has that anymore. You know why? Because it's slow. And it only took, what, 30 seconds to a minute to connect. But we value instantaneous connection, right? Except maybe 
when it comes to listening. (laughs) We love everything fast and everything quick, but maybe not listening. But this Bible verse calls us to be quick to listen, which tells us that listening should be our first objective in authentic conversations. We should be listeners first, because truly wisdom begins when we listen more than we speak. That's another point to write down, by the way. (laughs) And our passage refers really to listening to, to God's word. We know that because if we back up one verse to verse 18, verse 18 says this, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And then he goes on to verse 19 that calls us to be quick to listen. And so we know that if our life, right, we're born through the word of truth, we're called to be quick to listen to that word of truth. And so be quick to listen to what God's word has to teach to us today because from that, that's where our faith grows. Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So be good listeners. Be people who are quick to listen. To quick to listen to what the word of God teaches. And then next, James says, be slow to speak. Okay, that's number two. Be slow to speak. Again, I don't want you guys to misunderstand this verse. This verse doesn't say, speak slowly. (laughs) It just says, all right, be slow to speak. And I think that you all understand what it means to be slow to speak. I don't really need to go in depth into that, except just to say that don't be hasty in your responses, right? Don't be the person who always has to have the last word. Don't be the person who knows it all. Don't be the person with the hasty response all of the time. But honestly, church, something that I know personally is that it's hard not to be that person, especially when we're upset and angry because we want to speak to that. Or when we're in a heated conversation with someone that doesn't completely agree with everything we say, right? It's hard to be slow to speak when we're in a heated conversation with someone that doesn't agree with us because, and here's the problem, we think we're right. It's, slow to be, it's, it's hard to be slow to speak when we think we're right. And here's another problem. We all think we're right. And here's the biggest problem of the of the, here's the biggest problem of all. We all think we're right all the time. That's why it's hard to be a person that's slow to speak. But you know what I've found in my own personal life is that uh, I have found that in my life that when I speak when I'm angry, I make the greatest speeches that I eventually regret. You can ask my wife. (laughs) Can I get an amen, Rochelle? (laughs) 
Now, James gets this, these, this, um, this message of being slow to speak. I'm not sure what his source was, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if it all didn't just come from Proverbs, the wisdom literature, because it's such a wise book that teaches us so much about what it means to be a person who's slow to speak. Over and over again, you see passages, passages like Proverbs 13.3 that says, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Or Proverbs 17.27 and 28. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought to be wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Isn't that interesting, right? That you can be a fool, but if you keep your mouth shut, they don't even know it. <laughs> and then the last passage of Scripture, Proverbs twenty-nine twenty. Do you see someone who speaks in haste? Well, there's more hope for a fool than for them. Hmm. Great wisdom literature found in Proverbs that James repeats so beautifully for us. So, in authentic conversations, right? When we're called to be people who listen quickly, we also need to speak because that's what a conversation is, right? I'm speaking and you're listening and, and you speak and I listen. So when we do speak, what should we say in authentic conversations? Can I, can I make an encouragement or uh, encourage you that when you speak, to speak more like Jesus did? When we look into the Bible and we look at what Jesus left for us as an example of how he spoke, do you know what Jesus did? Jesus asked great questions. Read the Bible and look at all the different questions that Jesus asked. So I did some research and you know what I found? That in all four Gospels, Jesus asks over 339 questions. Not over. That's what it listed. 300 and how many of you knew Jesus asked so many questions? Right? Jesus did two great things when he spoke. He told great parables and he asked great questions. And when Jesus spoke, um, uh, he engaged people in conversation when he asked these questions. These questions were, 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 were very purposeful. It was to engage people in conversation. It was to build great relationships with people, build those relationships stronger. You know what else Jesus did when he asked good questions? He forced other people to think about what they were actually saying. What a great way to, to, to engage someone in conversation, right? To ask them a question, to help them clarify what they're actually thinking and saying, and to understand that a little bit more. Because honestly, when it comes to conversation and, and talking with people, the easiest thing to do, because I do this all the time, is just tell people what I think and what you should think. Don't we do that all the time? Right? I tell you what you should think. This is what I think. But you know what? You should think the same way I think. This is what we do all of the time. But you know what else I know? When somebody tells me that, my first thought is... Don't tell me what to think. <laughs> and they're thinking the same thing when we do that to them. No one likes being told what to do or what to think. But when we ask good questions, when we ask good questions, right? 
We can have great conversations with people to help us know the people, know why they think what they're thinking, and even know um, how they think and you know what led them to think that. And when you know a person and how they think and why they think that way, it gives me a whole lot more grace to, to help me understand that person and their perspective. And that's what having good, authentic conversations is all about. It's not just me telling you what I think and what I think you should think, but it's helping me to listen well and hear who you are and why you think that way. You see, Jesus asked some great questions. I'd just like to share three of them with you. So these questions are for you. In all of the things that we've been dealing with in the past year, the struggles that we have, some of us are filled with anxiety. Jesus asked this question to us. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? (laughs) What a great question for us today. How about this one? Why do you... Look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that's in your own eye. <laughs> that's what I needed. Right? We're so easy to judge others, but, oh man, i got so much I'm dealing with too. And then the last question that I'd like to share with you from Jesus is this. He said this to Simon, but you put your own name in there. Gordon, do you love me more than these? See, Jesus asked some great questions that helped, that made people think about how they're going to respond. And he didn't tell them what to say, but his questions led them to what they eventually talked about. And you see how good questions help to make great conversations. And that is exactly what Jesus did. And it's something that we can learn to do well in having authentic conversations with one another. So the third point that I'd like to share with you today is that James says, be slow to anger. And that's important, right, for all of us. James gives us the reason why we should be slow to anger, and that's because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Notice that it doesn't say, don't be angry. Right? It doesn't say, do not be angry. It, it just said, be slow to anger. Because God gave us this emotion that we all have. And since he gave it to us, sometimes it's okay to use. We read in the Bible, God got angry. So did Jesus. Jesus turned over tables. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Jesus turned over tables in the temple. We all know that, right? But we have a choice in what we're angry about. Ephesians 4:26 and 27 says, "In your anger, do not sin, and don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, and don't give the devil a foothold." Because there's a difference between Jesus' anger and the anger that, that we have, that human beings have, that do not produce the righteousness that God desires. Right? Jesus, when he got angry, it was because he wanted to see the righteousness of God happen. We get angry because someone takes our parking space. 
or the internet takes too long. We are angry for (laughs) so many reasons that have nothing to do with the righteousness of God. And so, church, as we have authentic conversations, be quick to listen, slow to speak, ask good questions, and slow to become angry. Because authentic conversations are the foundation of great relationships. And when it comes to having a great relationship, there is no more important relationship than the relationship that we have with God. Amen? Amen, that's true. And so, when we have authentic conversations with God, we build our relationship with Him even stronger. And I'm going to end today with the word on prayer. Taking James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 into heart. And I'm going to teach you a prayer that God answers 100% of the time. It's true. When we pray with sincerity and honesty from our hearts. This prayer goes perfect with James 1, 19, 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. And it's a prayer that's in the form of a question, obviously, because we've been talking about that. And if you dare pray this prayer, which, not dare, but I invite you to pray this prayer with me, it's a serious prayer. It's a prayer that God answers 100% of the time. And I'm going to pray it three times. I'm going to pray it once. And if you would like to join me, you can pray it with me. And this prayer truly strengthens our relationship with God in authentic conversation. That prayer simply says, Lord, what can I do for you? Lord, what can I do for you? Lord, what can I do for you? When you pray that prayer and you mean it, God answers it. And when He does, be quick to listen. Thank you for that amen. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Today, I'm going to just close this time in prayer. And I'd like for you to just pray that prayer in your heart today for yourself as you desire authentic relationship with God and have authentic conversations with Him. And then I'm going to ask Todd, Sunday Meyer, come and close us with a benediction. So would you bow your heads and join me in this time of prayer? Father in heaven, dear Lord, this... This sermon today on authentic conversation is one that I think we all need to hear. Because, Lord, we too often are not quick to listen. We speak too quickly and and maybe get angry too quickly. I do. And we ask for your forgiveness, Lord God, in ways... In in the areas of our lives, Lord God, where we have rushed to judgment in some things, where our mouths, Lord God, get us in trouble. I pray, Father in heaven, that as we invite you into our lives and into our heart, Lord, to take hold of us, Lord, so that, Lord, as you grab hold of our hearts, you grab hold of our tongues as well. 
and open up, Lord, our ears so that we can hear you clearly. Help us to live into this verse, Lord God, so that we can have authentic conversations and build great relationships in the life of this church, Lord God. I pray today that as we exit today, Lord, we would find someone that we we don't know, someone maybe that we know and, and we haven't seen in a while, but Lord, help us not to walk out of here rashly, quickly, without the opportunity to make connections with people and have authentic conversations. And when it comes to opening your word, and when it comes to our prayer with you, I pray, Father in heaven, that you would speak to us through your word, that we would be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And when we pray this prayer, Lord God, that we echoed today several times, Lord, what can I do for you? Lord, answer that prayer truly in our lives. Help our relationship, God, to grow stronger as we have authentic conversations with you. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said,